Welcome back. This is the Topsoil Podcast. Mitchell Hora with you here today. Going to be responding back to Trent's recent question here, talking about um, 60-inch row corn and different spacing and um, what's kind of my thoughts on that, on changing things up a little bit. Most of the guys in our area, southeast Iowa, are planting corn in 30-inch rows. There's a little bit um, of some twin rows going on, but not a lot of variability other than that. So what now about these changing things up majorly, um, maybe even instead of going with narrower rows, going with wider rows. So I wanted to respond back on some of my thoughts on that here today. It's a really great question, um, you know, coming from Trent that there is a lot of talk about it. Um, and I've got some interesting insight on it that actually when I was finishing up at Iowa State here a couple years ago, my senior project was actually about this exact situation so we were dealing with different row spacing and we were doing some economic analysis yield analysis and just overall um, how would this fit into the current cropping system and what would be some of the potential in the future and uh, so my teammates and I were working on that project and we were working directly with Bob Recker who is really one of the guys who has been orchestrating a lot of the recent push for changing the way that we think about um, crop growth and placement, especially when it comes to light utilization. Bob has really been the one kind of driving that, utilizing other folks, um, especially around him up in the Waterloo area of Northeast Iowa. So check out Bob. He's got multiple things on Facebook, especially about what he's been doing with different row spacing. So when I was working on the project with with Bob here a couple years ago, we were we only had one year worth of yield data to go off of. So it was super early, but we wanted to see if there's some initial takeaway. And uh, what we found was that the yield gains and whatnot did not quite end up um, making it worth it when it came down to um, a full full farm yield and full farm economics part of that was the regular 30 inch corn yielded well over 260 bushel corn already so what we were doing at that time was eliminating some of our rows of corn and um, eliminating where we're now only planting part of the field and trying to compete with 260 bushel corn was pretty tough also in that situation we didn't necessarily change anything else all we were doing was looking at um, just the yield only looking at can we reduce some of our rows of planted corn and make up for the yield loss by utilizing the sunlight better so in our first year there um, we concluded that there was still some work to do that there was some some potential to it but a lot more questions uh, than what we came up with very definitive answers, which in one year worth of data and whatnot, um, that seemed like, you know, that was probably about the only conclusion kind of to come to was this has some promise to it, but has a lot of work to do. Now in the last couple of years, there has been more work done. Uh, there has been a lot more yield data come in. And for the most part, what I see is that guys who are farming in 60 inch row corn can get the equivalent yield uh, to their 30 inch row corn which is really exciting so by planting only essentially half the field or half the rows 
I can yield the same amount of corn, which is pretty incredible. Now, a lot of time in that situation, they're, they're using the same amount of plants. So you're just doubling up the population in that single row of corn rather than planting it in two 30-inch rows. So what's the point? Well, the point is that we can utilize that sunlight better. It allows the sun to penetrate down through the canopy um, and, and get sunlight down to more of those lower leaves. I'm trying to get those leaves to work longer for us to help to produce more sugars and be those sugar factories that we want them to, produce more carbon and whatnot for us, and produce more energy for that crop so it can sustain itself, not drop as many of those lower leaves, um, and be able to produce more grain and help us to make more money. So it's an interesting concept there. For uh, you know our conversation, I'm interested in, I'm interested in what can I do in that gap space now because I don't want to leave it barren. You know that's one of the basic principles of soil health. I don't want to leave that soil uncovered. I want to make sure that I have living roots out there, um, and I want to make sure that something's going. So I'm feeding those microbes in that in that gap space. So maybe getting um, another crop down in there like soybeans or wheat um, or getting more of our cover crop and when I go down in there, maybe even a mix of cover crop with things like legumes or tillage radishes or something like that to get me some diversity going down in those strips. And uh, especially if I've got cattle, that would be an excellent opportunity to get some other crop growing down in between the corn. That way when I harvest my corn crop, I've got a much better established interseeded cover crop that's coming right along that I can turn my cattle out on um, or my other other livestock uh, for that matter. So that's, I think, some uh, definitely interesting concept to it that just by shifting to 60-inch row corn away from 30s might not necessarily make it totally worth it unless you're able to capitalize on the gain because we're not gaining extra yield necessarily, at least not right now. Maybe there's different um, hybrids of corn that can get us a better yield, um, better yield response because they might be, you know, that much more competitive or whatever, able to utilize that sunlight better. Um, but it, so far, we're getting the same amount of yield. So you're not switching to 60-inch row corn for a yield gain. You might be able to make a little bit more money, especially if you were switching and uh, improving your planter. If you only had to get all the new bells and whistles on half of the planter units, well, that would be interesting. Or if I only had to apply fertilizer in my strip till on half of the units, maybe I'm using um, a similar rate, but I'm changing some of my other 4Rs. I'm changing that placement, maybe improve some of my timing and whatnot as well, and get it to that 60-inch row corn. It's just a little, little bit less area to manage. So... There's a lot of different things uh, to kind of consider if you're wanting to look at doing some 60-inch row corn. I've been thinking long and hard about it um, and doing it on my my own farm, and I'll kind of leave you guys with what I'm planning on doing a little bit of here this year, uh, just a couple of rounds at least on my, on my farm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to plant two rows of corn next to each other, so two 30s, and then leave a, leave a gap. So I'm planting two thirds of the field rather than only 50%. Rather than just 60 inch row corn, I'm gonna have two 30s and then a 60. And I'm gonna plant those rows north and south. That way in the, in the morning, I've got the full sunlight getting down on my row that's on the east side. And in the evening, I've got better sunlight coming in on my row 
that's on the west side. I'm not, so then uh, the whole point boils down to, okay, what am I going to do in that gap spacing now? I don't have as much gap as if I was straight 60-inch row corn, but I do still have a little bit of a gap. So um, some of you know, and, and others will do some more episodes on this, that we're looking at doing some more relay cropping and whatnot. So what I'm interested in is, can I have my two 30-inch row corn that I'll plant at a little bit higher rate, probably 40, 42,000 plants in those uh, two rows. And then in the gap, I want to try to get my cover crop out there earlier. Probably July or August is kind of what I'm thinking. And a a mix of stuff. It won't just be um, whatever I'm trying to overwinter, which will probably be cereal rye. But I'll probably get some other stuff out there too. Maybe a clover, uh, maybe some radish, um, and maybe some oats or something like that as well for some mycorrhizal uh, benefit. And uh, But multiple things that are going to die over the winter. So what I would do is I'll have that mix of stuff with the cereal rye being my main, main thing. And get that planted out there in the summer. Get it more opportunity to grow and get some height on it going into the winter. I'll harvest my corn, not necessarily run over much of my cover crop, and it'll be there and taken off and growing pretty well for over the winter. And I should have about a 45-inch gap, you know, or 45-inch strip of pretty darn good uh, cover crop growing for me. Depending on the weather, of course, is going to drive a lot of this. Then in the spring, I'm going to have that that cereal rye up and growing, and I'm going to want to harvest it. So I'm going to come in and plant my soybeans into that growing cover crop, which hopefully should be pretty darn good size. I'm going to have to be careful that I get out there and plant my soybeans at an early enough time frame that that rye can fully recover. And I might tear up a little bit of it, and that's fine. I don't care. Um, this is just you know for experiment and, and trying to diversify and make a little bit of extra profit per acre. So I'm going to run over a little bit of it. Um, I'm probably going to still plant the entire uh, space, the entire width of the field. Um, with my drilled soybeans or I could potentially dial back even a couple of the rows that are going to be planted into the the rye Um, I could shut off a couple of those rows I'd basically have to you know kind of block off those rows cap them off or kind of unhook my tube or something um, in order to turn off those row units on my drill and then I'll let those soybeans get up and growing and hopefully harvest my rye a little bit earlier than I would um, if I was trying to drill in my rye after the corn harvest. That's kind of my my hope is that I can have that harvest a little bit earlier um, in earlier July or maybe even into June would be awesome to harvest that and uh, potentially then just wait and have my my soybeans coming along after that and harvest my soybeans in September, October and uh, have my relay cropping system set up. The other option would be to have that, the soybeans coming along um, to be harvested. And then in that gap space, so where I just harvested my rye, plant another diverse mix of cover crop in that spacing. So most of the farm then, you know, I'll still have soybeans that I'm gonna harvest, but where I just harvested that, that cereal crop, I'm going to get my diverse mix of covers in there. Multiple clovers, radishes, oats, a variety of different things. Because then the following spring, I'm going to plant my two rows of corn into that. So see what I'm getting out there? 
now I've got my my rye that I just grew and harvested. So I got a lot of roots, I got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm mostly gonna just clip the top of the rye. I'm not gonna harvest the whole thing. At this point, I'll leave the straw out there. So I'm not removing that much from the field. Then I'm gonna put in my mix of cover crop out into that system um, with my mix of legumes and whatnot to fertilize my corn crop. And then I'll have my corn planted into there um, and in the following spring and then in the gap. So I'm just moving my two rows of corn, moving it over, uh, moving it over to that gap and doing a flip-flop system back and forth. So I've always got uh, kind of a, it's essentially building a multi-crop, multi-species rotation into what is still gonna be harvesting corn and soybeans alternating every year. So I've got to do some pencil and stuff out there. We've got to try some things. We're going to try that very small scale to begin with um, and see if we can make it happen. We definitely love your feedback, love your thoughts on what I'm getting at here, um, and would love to see if anyone else has tried something like this. I know there's multiple renditions that have been tried already. Definitely want to talk to you. Definitely want to interact and see if we can learn together, try some new things, and uh, get multiple benefits going on our farms and on our pocketbook while we're building our soil and becoming more sustainable um, for multiple years going forward. So I think uh, my question for Trent maybe here this go around is more so just what's your response to this? What's your response to um, getting this kind of diverse rotation going? And let's kind of keep on this topic here rather than go away from it. So uh, that's my question to you, Trent. What's your response on this? Um, and kind of the same question to everyone else. You know, what's your response on this? Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at the Topsoil Podcast, or you can hit me up at Continuomag LLC, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, or on our websites as well. Or send me an email, Mitchell at Continuomag LLC. Look forward to chatting with you all soon. Thank you.